here we are, episode one. I am excited, nervous, having all the vulnerable feelings about sharing with you all, and I would like to begin by talking about my experience working with clients. One of the reasons I felt inspired to start this podcast is because I found myself sharing very similar things over and over and over again. Even with the same clients, I find myself repeating very basic truths that are grounding and navigating their emotional experience. So I'll start by saying that um, in my pre-grad internship, I worked at a residential drug and alcohol rehab facility. I love working in addiction, y'all, just because the transformation is so intense. People come in half dead, hating themselves and everyone and everything around them. And as a clinician working in that setting, I get to bear witness to people coming back to life, to seeing them able to return to the truth of who they are, able to access joy, healing, uh, hopefulness. Um, so these experiences in residential rehab have been amazing. I'm, I'm really grateful for them, grateful for my supervisors and coworkers in these settings. Um, it's intense and challenging work, and it can be super rewarding. In addition to my work and my pre-grad internship residential rehab facility, um, I have spent a few years in a private practice in which I have focused on working with um, older teens, adults in transition. I like older adults as well. Um, Marriage and family is probably one of my favorites. Teens I I really love. They're awkward and angsty, and um, I relate to them so much because I just feel that awkward, vulnerable intensity with my emotional experience and so much in my adult life. And, um, And so, yeah, I think it's a really fun opportunity to give teens the information that I wish I had access to about my emotional experience when I was navigating um, being a highly sensitive, empathetic feeler (laughs) as a teenager. And, um, you know, I had access to a lot of therapy growing up. Uh, I was raised by two therapists, so accessing therapeutic services was always strongly encouraged. Um, And for that reason, I've had lots of great therapy and some not so great therapeutic experiences, all of which have informed my approach to sitting with clients as a clinician. I still often and pretty regularly engage in the therapeutic process myself. I'm currently seeing a therapist um, that I started seeing when my first son was about a year old. Um, So I've seen her on and off uh, for, I guess, three years now and really, really value the work that we do together and certainly feel like my own therapeutic process is super important in 
the work that I do with clients. You know, I, as a therapist, you are the tool that you use in your work. So keeping it sharp, uh, processing your own stuff, um, I think is super important. I do, for me, it's important to challenge myself not to always process it with a therapist um, because that is kind of my go-to. I think other people often have to, on the other end of the spectrum, often have to encourage themselves to reach out for help. Uh, Sometimes I have to remind myself that I can trust uh, my own instincts and um, expert advice, as I like to joke. Uh, So yeah, not always running to a therapist or a, you know, spirit reader or Reiki master um, or, you know, grief recovery coach. Um, I, I have experienced lots of modalities of healing and I'm super grateful for all of those experiences. Again, since I work in the healing profession, I see it as um, educational and I value it immensely. But yeah, trying to navigate that balance of when to trust internally and when to access support outside of yourself is an ever-evolving process for me. The marriage and family aspect of my private practice is one of my favorites simply because relationships are growth machines. I feel like even myself when I go to therapy, if I walk in to an individual session, I can present in any way that I want. I can show up in front of that therapist and describe my experience with a very strong bias to, you know, what it feels like for me. Basically, I can present in any way that I want to, but when a client walks into my office with a close member of their family, or when I walk into my therapist's office with a close member of my family or my spouse, basically shit gets real. I get triggered because that's what intimate relationships do. They um, push our boundaries and They show us the areas in which would be most valuable for us to grow and learn and take a good hard look at some of the stuff that we could effectively hide from ourselves if we weren't in a relationship. Um, When I'm living on my own and nobody's in my space and nobody's holding me accountable or needs anything from me, um, yeah, it's a lot easier for me to self-regulate or navigate things. Um, So that's why, you know, you could meditate on loving kindness for a weekend retreat and feel totally at peace. And then, you know, you walk into your mother's kitchen (laughs) and immediately regress to some of that teenage angst or frustration or anger, or even just shutting down or closing off. So whatever, um, kind of way that you tend to regress, oftentimes that is brought up, um, by our family of origin relationships. Those are big ones. Um, but also, we often recreate those patterns with our spouses and our created families. So for that reason, I really love the marriage and family stuff. Um, it's just such a intensified zoom in to some of these issues. I think that, you know, there is a, a level of willingness with certain clients uh, in which you can self-report some of the relationship issues when you come in individually but um and I think individual therapy whilst you're in couples can be really helpful but um I also just love having all that juice in the room of the intensity of relationships when I did work at 
the residential rehab facilities, um, doing the family groups and, you know, the having the family members come in for sessions uh, and usually the second or third 30 days of treatment um, was some of my favorite work because yeah when you're in rehab and all your meals are cooked for you and you're in group and you're having therapy twice a week that really is just the first layer of healing it's kind of the reset and then you know when you leave rehab you'll be going back out into often the same relationships and sometimes the same job, sometimes the same house. So the same triggers and challenges. So the more family work that I can do to kind of bring those triggers into the safe place, because in a residential rehab, ideally, there are no booze or substances. So um, it's a good place to get triggered and to face the intensity of that. Um, I see my work in addiction recovery is really applicable to everyone. Um, I hope not to offend as I say this. I think that we're all addicted to being comfortable. And, you know, there's a a spectrum of comfort zones. And um, when I do work with individuals in recovery, I although I haven't ever been to residential rehab to recover from a substance addiction, um, I relate to, you know, the, that urge to run away from the things that are uncomfortable and to do so in whatever way is easily to access in the moment. So I've really loved my experience working in addiction and I also love my private practice experience. Sometimes it's nice to have a break from the intensity and the really short-term therapy. Um, I did have the opportunity at the beginning of this year to work in a rehab model that was designed around um, in-home recovery so that the therapeutic process could take place over an entire year which is, I believe, absolutely necessary. I think there's a reason that our residential rehab facility relapse rate is so high. It's in the 90 percentile, y'all. Maybe that's an indicator that there's something wrong with the model that we're using, not something wrong with people who are struggling um, with a, a very common human challenge, um, how to face their shit and not turn to substances to cope. And, um, we give them 30, 60, 90 days separated for, again, from all the triggers. And then they return to their home environment often, again, the same home environment. And, um, there's like very minimal aftercare. I see that the, the clients that do really well leaving a residential rehab facility access, um, recovery communities very consistently uh, for that first year and onward. So um, really that's what the in-home recovery model provided and I really loved that opportunity to um, do that work. It's likely that I'll do a deeper dive on marriage and family and addiction and work with teens and you know adults in transition and kind of do a zoom in on some of those populations. but I did just want to give an overview of some of my experience working with clients and 
provide a framework for the inspiration that ignited the spark to begin this podcast. Um, So yeah, a lot of the things that I found myself saying over and over again about specific themes like the experience of depression or the, you know, the process of transformation and change, um, experience of fear and anxiety and, and just, you know, how to relate to your emotional experience in a way that's empowering and informative and useful and helpful. I think often, I know for myself, much of my younger years was an experience of feeling overwhelmed or even victimized by my experience of emotion. And again, I was raised by two therapists, lots of protective factors in my life. But still, we get these messages from the world like, oh, your emotions are inconvenient or embarrassing. And, um, and then we, you know, have this judgment in terms of how we relate to our emotional experience. And it really prevents us from being able to access the wisdom that our emotions can provide and the ease that we can access in terms of navigating our emotional experience. Like feeling a feeling doesn't suck. Judging yourself for feeling a feeling does suck. So really the ingredient in the therapeutic process that I see as the most valuable is unconditional positive regard. And, um, you know, it's something that is so simple, which again, these simple universal truths that I find myself repeating often um, are things that even I need reminders of. I'm repeating them often to clients. I'm repeating them often to myself because we have this process of change that is um, a process of forgetting what we know to be true and getting caught up in judgment, getting in our own way, so to speak. And then we remember and we're like, oh yeah, when I forgive myself or you know, when I can relate to my experience from a place of radical acceptance or unconditional positive regard, um, things get easier and I can move through them with more grace and agility. Oh, and I can learn from them. So I am certainly not claiming to have invented any of this unconditional positive regard. And experiencing your emotions without judgment has legit been around since one of my favorite people, Carl Rogers, never met him. Um, But in the 50s, you know, he was kind of radical in terms of acknowledging empathy and congruence and unconditional positive regard. He used to hug his clients and, um, you know, that was a very radical way of doing therapy um, at that time. And one of my very favorite quotes from him points to this ability that we have to lean into our emotional experience and befriend it, um, and allow that process to be transformative. I think that, you know, there's a lot of misinformation in our culture that we have to like bully ourselves into getting better and we have to kind of like be that aggressive football coach that you know tells all of our young boys and men not to be pussies and this quote from Carl Rogers I love is you know he says the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am then I can change and you know, Tara Brock wrote the book Radical Acceptance about, and, and, you know, her work anchored in Buddhism, all about 
observing your experience in the moment without judgment. And I'll definitely do a deeper dive and a zoom in on all of this stuff, but really that's at the core of everything that I have found helpful for navigating my own emotional experience and all the simple reminders that I offer uh, the clients that I sit with, whether it's in a group setting, individually, marriage and family, focusing on addiction, or just navigating everyday aspects of the human experience like anxiety or depression, fear, uh, or life transition. So again, none of this is new information. You know, just like Buddhism has been around forever, Tara Brock is a therapist and Buddhist teacher that is offering her perspective and her informed work um, that has been really accessible for me. So, you know, there are a lot of Buddhist teachers, there are a lot of therapists, there are a lot of yoga teachers that um, aren't offering new information, but I hope to offer this information in a way that's accessible, useful in the present moment, easy, funny. I, I, I truly believe that amusement is a, is a powerful therapeutic tool. So uh, I think when we can kind of zoom out, not take ourselves too seriously, it's much easier not to be in this wrestling match with our emotional experience. We can just acknowledge it and roll with it. And again, experience that ease that can help everything move and heal. So you can expect a deeper dive on some of the specific subjects on healing and relationships. Um, I, I love to talk about sex because I feel like, oh my gosh, we have so much misinformation about sex and our identity and um, our experience as sexual beings. You know, there's a reason why human sexual behavior is a requirement for a therapist. It's because we all have to figure that shit out in one way or another. So um, I also love to talk about grief. We're all going to die. People are going to die around us. Um, I think our culture has this phobia about grief um, in terms of acknowledging it in a way that's useful and helpful. So, um, yeah, certainly expect a deeper dive on grief, sex. I've already pointed to depression, anxiety, life transitions, parenting, and and really reparenting ourselves, I see as um, on the continuum of that subject. So, you know, I talk about parenting from the lens of a parent because I'm very much in it. But um, I see the zoom in that I do on parenting really as how we relate to ourselves and our own emotional experience. So I think that the reparenting and parenting aspects can be relatable for everyone. But if you're not a parent, feel free to skip that one. Um, creativity and the, the healing power of the creative process is certainly um, something I hope to zoom into. Um, Anger is um, a subject that I am very in it uh, currently with. Um, and then I always love to talk about forgiveness and gratitude. Um, oh, introversion and extroversion. I think there's a lot of misinformation there. Um, of course, addiction, which I've already pointed to. Um, and really like spiritual fitness. That sounds like a weird way to word it, but our experience of intuition, the, this this more subtle layer of the human experience, spirit, soul, intuition, whatever you want to call that stuff. Um, I think that a lot of the words that we use around that um, now can be experienced as offensive, but I hope to use language that's accessible and you can find something relatable in that episode. Um, codependency in terms of relationships, I think is a big one. And... Um, yeah, I'm sure there will be other aspects 
of the healing experience that uh, we dive into. Of course, sex, food, body, all that good stuff is certainly in there. I um, am recovering from a lot of disordered eating, food, (laughs) diet, um, body stuff. And um, I feel so grateful to be free from it and for all the work that um, others have done before me that has been so helpful. So, yeah, I also, I think an overarching theme of the work is just not looking at mental health work as a problem, but just as an aspect of our human experience and and how we can just befriend the process of knowing ourselves and um, and allowing the, the process of evolution to unfold with, again, that grace and ease and playfulness, hopefully. I aim for authenticity, transparency. I hope to be of service and hope to have fun. I hope this becomes a fun outlet for me and a way to connect and, and share with others. I am going to do a few solo episodes just for the sake of simplicity in my schedule um, and kind of figuring out the editing and all that. And then I would love to connect to some local uh, therapists and, you know, other people in the healing arts that um, would add value to uh, this message that we're sharing. And I'm just so grateful for this platform to put it out there, even if it's just for clients that want to review what I've been sharing with them or maybe it's just my mom listening hi mom um maybe not she might be really annoyed with (laughs) this content uh so yeah whoever you are if you are listening I appreciate you and I'm excited to do this thing that I have wanted to do for a long time and so thank you for fumbling through this effing first time this episode um you know Brene Brown points to having realistic expectations and grounding yourself um in in the experience of an FFT an effing first time so I fumbled through it I did it and thank you for being alongside me during the experience I'm grateful for you